Hey, this is Pastor Madison. I am so excited that you're tuning in today to the Crosspoint Podcast. My prayer is that this word inspires you, uplifts you, and enlightens you. You can connect with Movement Youth on Instagram at movement underscore youth or the Point College Ministry at the Point College. Let's jump to the message. Fast forward back to January. We're back in school, and my other roommate's girlfriend had mentioned that, hey, there was this girl, Madison, that was looking for a dance partner, and, you know, I was like, you know, kind of like dancing, whatever, thought it would be kind of fun, but I didn't want it to interfere with with my football schedule and different things that I already had going on, so I was kind of nervous, and I didn't think of this at at that moment, uh, but I look back and realize how God connected all the dots with that. Because first, my one roommate said something before Christmas break, and then after Christmas break, that same girl that he had pointed was looking for a dance partner, and a different roommate's girlfriend had mentioned something. So it kind of worked out. Looking back, God connected the dots on that. Um, I ended up saying yes to it, and our dance practices is where we got to know each other. They were kind of our dates. Um, And then I told myself again, because I was like, you know, I don't want to necessarily rush into anything. I want to make sure she's someone special. That's what I said in my head. It only took me about a month to ask her out to be my girlfriend, thankfully. And I asked her out on Valentine's Day. So we're coming up on five years. Um, I didn't originally. So like Valentine, yeah, cheesy, right? I didn't originally plan for that. But I was like, you know what? I'm ready for us to have that status, you know, be in a relationship. And I I think you're pretty special. So I said, yeah, I'll, I'll ask her out. So, yeah. Madison, how about you tell your side of the story? So I was fresh out of a breakup, off a breakup, my freshman year of college. And I was like, you know what, I'm just going to take this time to just be me, to just really, you know, be with God. And and then I had that time for about a month. And then Tyler walked in, danced rather, I guess, because I decided I was going to try out for the dance team at Warburg College. And for some unknown reason, I made it on there. And then I found out after I made it on that there was a co-ed dance and that I needed to find a guy partner. And I was like, I am this freshman girl. It's only going to be weirdos that are going to want to dance with me in the middle of a ha- like a halftime of a basketball game. Like, I just don't know. So people kept throwing names my way, you know, and then I golfed at Warburg for my, my freshman year, too. And so I had this friend that was a golfer and she said her boyfriend lived with this dude who said he was maybe interested. And I was like, is he weird? And she goes, yeah, kind of, but he's really nice. Still is. True. So after going back and forth a couple times on his end, he was like, yeah, I'll do it. Oh, wait, I have football. Oh, yeah. Blah, blah. Finally, he said he would do it. So I was very excited. And then we really started to get to know each other. And, I mean, I was doing the splits above his head before he even knew my birthday. So uh, we just got to know each other. And, uh, yeah. And then cool dance moves. Yeah, a lot of cool dance moves. We can show you maybe one because we're old now, but maybe Washed maybe up. one or two. No splits anymore. <laughs> um, but, yeah, then after about a month, he took me to East Bremer Diner. Shout out to Wavetown. And then he very embarrassingly and awkwardly asked me out. And if you want to know that story, we can tell you later. But She can tell you later. <laughs> he, he made me swear that night not to tell, but I tell everybody. So, yeah. Anyways. Yeah. What other questions? That's good. So second thing, and again, we've got a couple questions that we'll go through. But the second one, Madison, is Mm -hmm. what are certain lies that you believed about love growing up? Yeah, so I talked about this one other time before. But my first relationship when I was 16 was extremely abusive. 
and I was just very manipulated and I didn't even realize how bad it was at the time, but I was truthfully just like totally brainwashed. And I made a lot of stupid mistakes just to satisfy somebody who just continued to hurt me over and over again. And he would threaten different things that would make me feel like I had to stay. So I just felt super trapped in this abusive, just broken relationship. And I didn't feel like I had anybody to talk to, anyone to give me sound advice. And I remember I was sitting in class one day, it was in like geometry or something, and I actually like broke out in hives because of how exhausted mentally and emotionally and, and everything. I was so exhausted from this relationship. So along with that, I think I thought that love meant sticking with somebody no matter how abusive or how hurtful they are. Like I thought if I really, really, really love them and they're hurting me, it's okay because that's what love is. You have to like go, you know, you have to stick through it. And I just had this narrow view of what love actually is. And I think what I thought at the time was, wow, like, you know, somebody actually likes me. Like somebody's giving me attention. They think I'm cute. They buy me things sometimes, whatever. And it was, it was more about the attention getting rather than actual, like the true love, if you know what I mean. I also had this idea that if you love someone and if they love you back and that you say, we're going to get married someday, we're going to have little cute babies someday. I had this idea that if that was the case and I truly felt like I loved them and they loved me, that I could just give myself away and that I could just do whatever I wanted to do with that person, to have sex, to send them whatever, because you love them. That's, what, that's just what I thought. But that is not what God instructs us to do at all, okay? I learned that later on. God does not want that, and there's a reason for that. Giving yourself fully away to someone outside of a committed marriage, I promise you, is only going to leave you hurt, broken, and ashamed. Maybe not in the moment. You may not feel that way, but after the fact, you're going to look back, and you're going to realize that you are hurt, and in a way, you did give yourself away, and that you won't get that piece back. Um, I also had this perception growing up that I was old. I felt like a grown-up. I felt like I could make my own decisions. I was mature for my age, so I was old enough and mature enough to be able to say, yeah, I can do what I want. I can say what I want. That's just a straight lie, okay? A lot of you that are even your 16, your 17, you look at the 6th and 7th graders, and you think, you know, oh, they're just kids. You are also a kid. Yes, you are older. You have a car maybe. You can drive, but you are also a kid. So don't think that maybe you're, you're old enough than what you actually are. You still have a lot to learn. And I was super naive. So I just want to share that with you because I wish somebody would have told me that. You're not as cool and as old as you think you are right now. <laughs> and then lastly, how many of you uh, agree, agree with this? Okay. I believed that love solves everything. Anybody believe that? That when you meet your Prince Charming, that it's all going to be complete and your life is going to make sense. Even if you're not raising your hand, I can guarantee you have this ingrained in your brain because of movies we watch and fairy tales we listen to. We have this idea that once the girl finds her Prince Charming, that everything in her life is going to just be complete. It's going to make sense. But then in, the, in real life, you find out that your Prince Charming is addicted to sex or porn or alcohol or whatever it is. And then your life shatters because you thought that the guy that was just going to complete you was the guy that just completely broke you, okay? We have to realize that God is the one who completes us. Yeah. And here's the thing. We're going to say some gross stuff, okay? We're going to say some funny words. It's fine if you need to, you know, get it out or whatever, but just try to 
focus back, okay? Because this is real stuff. And the reason why we're talking about it, guys, is because we don't want you to make mistakes that are going to stick with you for the rest of your life, okay? And it's stuff that I wish I would have heard when I was your age. That's why we're going through this. But here's the thing. I was a good kid, okay? I did the right things. I got straight A's. I was a good student. I was involved in everything. But because I didn't have somebody speaking this truth into my life, I made so many dumb decisions pleasing somebody that truly just wanted to hurt me, okay? So that's my little tidbit. Tyler, what lies did you believe about love growing up? Yeah, I think one of the first things that you said was that just growing up, I thought that once you found the person, right, that everything would fall into place and rainbows and sunshine and all that jazz. Um, and I think part of it, too, is at, at my very first relationship, things were pretty easy. They went well. We both liked each other. So it kind of felt like that, which I think added to that perception. Second thing is I definitely thought that sex before marriage and things of that nature was something that everyone does as well. Because that's what society says, right? If you guys, like, I might preach a little bit here. <clears throat> society in our preach. world today, it promotes sexual relationships and sex, okay? If you look on TikTok, if you look on a movie, if whatever, it promotes those things. So we begin to think it's okay, okay? If you read the truth, if you read the Bible, we know that God does not want that for us. That's not what he wants. It's not what he instructs us to do. And so when Moses in Exodus was going to the top of Mount Sinai after God called him there, okay, God told Moses on two different occasions, he said, make sure it's just you who comes up the mountain because if anybody else tries to force their way up here, they will perish. God was saying, if anybody else tries to come up here, they will die. So he was saying, Moses, don't let them come up here. God gives us instructions and God sets boundaries for our own protection. That's really good. Okay, so I want you to hear that. God gives us instructions, and he sets boundaries for us for our own protection. It's important that we study that word and listen to it and obey it, okay? I promise you, you will not regret doing that. And then, again, like I said, if you watch a movie and the actors maybe are in high school or they're in a younger age and they talk about certain things or they go to parties or they do this or that, it begins to, in our heads, what we're consuming consumes you, right? And you start to think like, okay, I can do this. And then those conversations take place in your real world. And so it starts to just become ingrained in you. We don't want you to be confused by the perceptions of, of love and things like that. And so, like I said, the question was, what are some perceptions of love that you had? We don't want these twisted perceptions of this world to fill you with lies. We want you to be able to dig into the word and know that that's where the real truth is. Yeah, I think I, I've been reading Relationship Goals, which is in kind of a newer book. But anyways, he explained, like Tyler talked about boundaries. He explained it like this. If water, like a lot of water, is not contained, it causes hurricanes and floods that lead to just corrosion and rust and really gross things. And when sex is not contained in marriage, then it just seeps into all aspects of your life. And it causes corrosion and rust. And that by that, I mean just pain and hurt. So I just want to add that. But Tyler, switching gears a little bit, how did you know that I was the one? So I think we were both, Oz, I think we were both head over heels, honestly, from the beginning. And it was kind of that, like, honeymoon stage, right? We just wanted to spend time with each other. Um, and then after our dance practices, and I'd have to drop her off at the dorm 
and it was kind of like, this kind of sucks. Like, I want to keep spending time with her. I wish dance practice lasts forever. Anyways, um, <laughs> sorry. Um, so, I, I mean, I just hated having to, to see her go. Um, and honestly, I was afraid to tell her that I loved her because, like I mentioned in past relationships, there were people that I said, I love you too. And obviously, you know, that didn't work out. So I was afraid to say something like that again that, that holds a lot and for something to happen in two, three months where it doesn't go anywhere. Um, so I was trying to keep my guard up uh, for that regard, but I knew that I loved being with her. That was for sure. And so after we started dating, like I said, we were kind of in that honeymoon stage, and it was fun to just be goofy with her, spend time with her, laugh with her. And if you've heard her laugh, that's my favorite thing about her, just her laugh and her joy and her energy and her smile and just that radiant energy that she brings out. Look at her. Um, and I just learned how, like, how much she cared about her family and how strong-willed she was and how determined she was. And so we related in a lot of things in that regard. After about a month of dating, and I'm getting to my actual point here, but after about a month of dating, she got me tickets to a basketball game in Indiana. So I was like, You're welcome. that's pretty cool. After one month, wanting to drop some cash like that. But we stopped at a Cracker Barrel on the way there. Everyone say Cracker Barrel. You guys been there? It's good. Um, I remember fake tapping my glass to just act like I was going to propose to her. And that was only after one month. So maybe you probably thought I was a little crazy. A little bit. But we went through a rough patch, right? It wasn't all sunshine and rainbows like it was in the beginning. We went through a rough patch our first summer dating. Um, so we both went home, which is about 50 minutes away. So we really only saw each other on the weekends. And honestly, she put way more effort into it than I ever did. And um, again, that's because I was so focused on football. I, it was my last year. It was my last chance to play. So I wanted to put a lot of time and energy into that. Um, so I put her on the back burner a little bit. So I'm sorry. But, it, you know, so I just remember we had a phone conversation at one point, and um, it got to the point where she kind of just wanted to end things, and that was during the summer. And she felt like I wasn't all in with the relationship, which was true. And to answer the question of how did I know that she was one, it was that moment when I realized that this is very serious. I don't really want to live my life without her. I don't want to go back to school in the fall and not share in some of those memories that I talked about. So I knew that, you know, at that point, I, you know, I really wanted to continue to build upon our relationship and probably spend the rest of my life with her. And so I, I wanted to be able to go through and have those things. But once we got through that rough patch, we were very much in sync. And then nearing our one-year anniversary, we were ice skating, and I told her that I was going to marry her someday. Around that time as well, which is important to add, is when we really started to pray together, um, and we started going to church together shortly after that. And once I saw that and experienced God and experienced God in our relationship, that is when things, I mean, drastically changed. And I realized that this is going to be something special. So why did you know that I was the one? So the very first night that I met Tyler, he was eating like, what was it? Chicken nuggets on a pink plate or something. I don't know why those things would just stick with that was, you. That's true. But anyways, he looked so just cozy and I just wanted to go hug him and just pinch his cheeks, his face cheeks, okay? His face cheeks, these ones right here. Everyone say I, face cheeks. <laughs> because I thought he was just so, like, cute, and he just seemed so warm and familiar to me. And so I just really right away just kind of was like, oh, yeah, he is pretty cute. Um, I truly, though, I fell in love with Tyler in a very gradual way, I would say. I mean, I knew that I liked him from the start, and we were head over heels for each other. But I just, I loved different things about him. 
I loved his goofiness. I love, I mean, he is hilarious. He, he was, and he still is. And I love the way that he just cared about people. He was a family guy. And so he, he really had a heart for his parents and his nieces and his nephew. And, and so I just love that about him. But as he said, we had to sort through a lot in our relationship about, uh, I don't know, four months in or so. Um, but then once we got through that and, and went through that and, and overcame it, we really started to dig into the Lord. And when I saw that God was doing a mighty work in refining Tyler and that we were building our relationship upon him, that's when I really knew that this is something special and I want to marry this man. Thank you. Um, so like we're, our own counseling session here. Yeah. Do you guys think we're doing okay? Um, <clears throat> the next question, we're going to tie a little bit more of the faith aspect into it, right? And so the question is, how did your faith in God change what you believe about love? So the second question was, what are some perceptions of love that you have? Twisted perceptions at that. This one's, how does your faith in God change what you believe about love? Honestly, God changed absolutely everything for me. Yeah. I mean, it is amazing to see how God completely reconstructed our relationship. And like I said, he did a mighty work in Tyler too and truly refined him. But just to see how God moved in our relationship is just amazing to me. And love no longer became this attention-seeking uh, or getting game. It became a giving game. And I was convicted of staying abstinent for marriage. That means not having sex or doing anything before marriage. God convicted us both of that. And I was convicted of this wrong thinking that giving my whole self over to someone was okay simply because I loved them. God convicted me of that. And once we were convicted, we took action and we listened to the Lord. And that was such a beautiful thing that we did together. Uh, God knows, guys, that we struggle with this. That is why in the Bible you will see sexual immorality talked about all the time. In 1 Corinthians 7, 2, it says, But because of the temptation to sexual immorality, each man should have his own wife and each woman her own husband. God knows we, that we struggle with this, and that's why he puts it in the Bible. That's yeah. why he gives us rules, as we've already said. But I saw what it looked like to build a relationship on the Lord. And I saw how God totally shook our world upside down. But once Jesus was laid as our study foundation, we reached heights in our relationship that we had never reached before. And I think I've preached on this. It's Matthew 7, 24. Everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And that was our relationship once we built it upon the Lord, which is just so cool. Last thing, I also learned a lot about forgiveness. When you make mistakes in your past and you don't even realize how it affects you until later, you can really be super hard on yourself. And those kinds of things can really haunt you, even if it's the small stuff. But what was so freeing to know was that Jesus left all of my sins, all of my gross stuff, off, gross stuff up on the cross so that I don't have to carry any of that weight anymore. And that's such a freeing thing for you guys. Even, like, even if you've messed up big time, just know that when you accept Jesus, you can fully believe that he has carried that weight for you and you don't have to do it anymore. So I learned a lot about forgiveness and I didn't have to hang on to past mistakes I made in other relationships or even in our relationship. And so it reminds me of Ephesians 4.32. It says, be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. So that was super freeing for me. 
Tyler, how did your faith in God change what you believe about love? Yeah, you talked a lot about it. I think the biggest thing is that I finally learned the truth. And I finally, you know, like she invited me to church and I came to church and I saw God transform me. And once we build our life on a foundation of Christ, that's when everything changed. And I know she talked about it. So now, I love this illustration. If you think of a triangle, right? I'm going to have to be able to hold my mic. Big triangle, right? You guys with me? Triangle. God is, thank you. God is at the top, and then you and, so in this instance, Madison and Tyler are at the bottom. The only way to get closer to each other is to get closer to God. Now, if one of you gets closer to God, it, you're still the same distance apart. So you have to both, thank you. So you have to both get closer to God in that regard. And somebody showed me, I think it was Mark Mumothai who showed me that. And I thought, I'm like, that's incredible. And it just, it gave me an, an additional hunger of like, I want to get closer to her, but first I have to get closer to God. Okay. So that was good. I also learned that how Jesus loves us, which taught me and gave me an example of how the heck I'm supposed to love somebody else too, and how I'm supposed to love myself. Um, and so now, obviously, we're nowhere close to Jesus himself, but he gives us an example, and he gives us pointers throughout the Bible of this is how you love people. In Romans 5, 8, it says, but God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And then 1 John four nineteen says, we love because he first loved us. He is the best example. If you have a question, you can go to the word of God and it will be revealed to you. I promise. Madison invited me to church, Cross Point Church, and I grew up going to a Catholic church. So obviously looked different for me um, than, than what I went to my whole life. But here I actually felt God. I mean, I actually was able to build a relationship with God. And some of you might not know that yet. Madison's going to give you an opportunity to do that tonight. And I encourage you to take that step. I learned what was right and wrong in different areas of my life. And I watched God break chains off my life, sinful things that I had holding me back. I watched God break those chains. And it was all because she invited me to church. So that is another thing. Go out, be disciples, invite your friends. Um, and then she kind of mentioned, too, it showed me how to give rather than to be concerned with receiving all the time. So, so this is our last question, all right? We're going to wrap it up with these, this last question. Tyler. What do you wish this next generation would understand about love? Okay, I got three points. The first one is that it's not easy and things won't be perfect once you find the love of your life, which is two things that we both, you know, mis misconceived at that point. So loving someone takes all of the things listed in 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 8. You guys know that one? Say it with me if you know it. Love is patient. Love is, is kind. kind. Okay, I want you to really, really listen to these words. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. And then the second thing is this. Jesus died for us because he loved us so much. And I, my point was, it's not easy. Jesus dying on the cross was not easy. He didn't necessarily want to do it, but he did it for us because he loved us. He did it anyway. And he sacrificed for us. So I want you to understand that. The second point is that I want you to let your walk be louder than the talk. Preach. Yeah, okay, here we go. <clears throat> I want you to show with action 
that you love someone rather than telling everyone else how much you love someone, right? It's not wrong to tell people that you love someone. If somebody brings up Madison to me, it's like, I love bragging about her. I love saying how amazing she is. But I don't need to post on social media once a week or bi-weekly or whatever how much I love Madison because I can show her my love through our own way. It could be under our own house. It can be through words and actions in that way. I don't have to make it a big show. And because when I was growing up, I thought that's what it had to be sometimes. And then the last thing is communicate. I talked about Moses earlier. How did Moses continue to follow God's instruction? Well, because he kept going to God and communicating with him. And in turn, God would communicate back. And I think sometimes we think that same thing. You know, I'm just looking for an answer from God. He's not saying anything to me. We need to devote ourselves to go to God every day, and then he will communicate with us in that regard. So your three points, hon. So what I want you guys to grasp, I also have three things. The first thing is this. Don't give yourself away. Okay? I'm going to just say it flat out. Don't give yourself away. Before you are committed in a, in a married relationship, okay? What do I mean by giving yourself away? I mean any part of you, do not give yourself away. Whatever, whatever is sexual, that's what I'm talking about, okay? I want you to just picture this for a second. I'm going to give you an illustration that I want you to think about in your head, okay? So let's pretend that you are going to take all of your money, every money, like every, you know, dollar you have, and you're going to go to the bank. And let's pretend that you're like a bazillionaire, okay, just for a minute, okay, you can dream a little bit. Pretend you have a ton of money, okay, and then when you go up to the teller, everybody know what a teller is? People who take your money, right? Let's say you go up to the teller with all your money, and the teller tells you that your money may or may not be safe with them, that a robber may come in and steal your money, or they might just give it away to somebody who walks in the door. It's not a for sure thing that your money is going to be safe or that you're going to give your money back. They can't make that commitment to you. Would you give away your money? No. Easy no. You would not. So then why do we treat our bodies differently than what we would treat our money? Why are you wasting your time depositing all that you have into people who may never have a return on your future? Okay? Don't give all you have to someone that you are not committed to in marriage. They may tell you things you want to hear now. And you know what? Some of them might actually believe what they're telling you. But until you are at that level of commitment, just please don't do it. Please don't do it, okay? Uh, The second thing is this. Build God as a steady foundation, as your steady foundation. I have already mentioned it. Don't go running to something else trying to stabilize your soul, okay? Run to God, and he will stabilize you. Get into the word. Ask him for his wisdom. Literally say, God, what is not pleasing you right now? Convict me of the things that aren't good, because unless you are willing to do that, sometimes you'll never know what sins that you are carrying. So don't be afraid to do that. Okay, also this. Don't be looking for the to the wrong people. I'm going to be on a soapbox. I need to stand up right now. Okay, right now you guys have TikTok, right? Charlie, Addison Ray, ring a bell. So many people are so consumed with this self-love thing, okay? They think that by flaunting themselves or posting half-naked pictures of themselves is self-love. No, it's getting attention. That's what it is, okay? Do not look to the wrong people to tell you about love. Because if you do, and when you run to society and the world, and you look at movies, and you look at TikTok or whatever it is for the, the wrong people, 
you will be so confused and you will not yeah. understand the truth about love. Okay. I just had to say that I'm going to sit back down now. No more of this. You do you movement. Okay. Because when you do you, you will get it wrong. I guarantee it. Okay. No, you do God. Okay. God will tell you who you're supposed to be when you look to him, but you got to look to him first. Okay. Last point. Feelings are fickle. Fickle is a fun word to say. Everybody say fickle. 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 Yes. It's a fun fickle. word to say. Some of you think that every cute girl or every cute guy you see, you know, you go, you go to camp and you're like, oh, she's my future wife. Oh, he's my future husband, whatever. You get these ideas, but I hate to break it to you. They're probably not the one. Maybe they, maybe they will be, but they're probably not the one. Just because you like something does not mean it is good for you. Just because you are attracted to something does not mean it is good for you. Some of you have this mixed up idea in your head that, okay, let's say you're a girl. You're like, oh, I'm a girl and I think I like this girl or I think I like this guy. Well, guess what? Eve liked the apple in the Garden of Eden and look what that led to, okay? You can like things that aren't good for you. Don't think that just because you like something or that you think something's attractive or something's good that it is good for you. No, that's not the case. So don't get this twisted idea in your head, okay? So some of you are like, okay, if I can't trust my feelings, then who can I trust? God. You can trust the Holy Spirit to speak truth and download it in your soul, okay? Please listen to me. (laughs) Please listen to the Lord who wants to speak truth into your heart into your life so that you can live it out and live an abundant life that's filled with so much joy and no regrets or past mistakes, okay? Yeah. I want to say, guys, too, like, we're not up here to lecture you. We're up here to try to give you wisdom because these are things that we went through. And so you got to hear a little bit about our story, but you also got to hear about certain things that held us back in our life and where we're at now because of God. Okay, so that's, like I'm saying, we're not up here trying to, go down your throat and just like, you know, we're coming after you. No, we're telling you that there's good that what we have to say and we want it for your, so you can be as good as you can be, okay? And it's because we care about you. Yeah. Like we love you guys. We love doing this every single week. We love being a part of your lives. We, we love helping you live good lives that you can be happy with and joyous with. But, well, I'm going to invite the worship team up. And uh, some of you here tonight, You've got some work to do, right? Like, maybe you've got some people to break up with. You've got some apologies to make. Maybe you've got some things to delete. I just want you to know that if you have more questions, questions about anything relationship-wise, like we've said, there's a red box out there for you to ask any questions that you want, and we're going to discuss them next week. But here's what I want to say. Please don't walk it alone, okay? We are here for you. God's here for you. And some of you need God to just change some things. You've got some hurts, and you've got some pains, and you've got regrets and bad decisions. And God wants to be there for you. I can promise you that. And tonight, I want to give you the opportunity to call out to the Lord. And I want to give you the opportunity to raise your hand and say, Jesus, I need your help because I have made mistakes or I am making mistakes or I'm scared I will make mistakes and I really need your help because I know that I can't do it alone. When I try to do that, I just fail. So 
I want you all to, to bow your heads and I want you to close your eyes. And tonight, if you want God to be the foundation of your life and in your relationships, and if you need to cry out to him and ask him to change some things about you or your relationships or your friendships, and if you're committing your life to Jesus for the first time, or you say, I have fallen away and I want to recommit my life to him, I want you to raise your hand on the count of three. So when I say three, raise those hands high. You want to have a relationship with him tonight. One, two, three. Raise your hands tonight. That's awesome. Thank you so much for those hands. I'm so proud of you. If you raise your hand tonight, I'm going to say this prayer, and I want you to repeat it after me, and all of us are going to be saying it with you. You can put those hands down and repeat this prayer. Dear God, thank you. Thank you for your love, for your forgiveness, for the relationship we can have with you. Even after our mistakes and our brokenness, after our pain, I want to live for you. I want to seek after you. I want my relationships to be built upon you. Help me, God. I lay everything at your feet. Come invade every area of my life. I love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's give God praise tonight. If you enjoyed today's message, I would encourage you to like it or share it on social media. Movement Youth for 6th through 12th graders meets on Wednesday nights with service beginning at 7 p.m. And the Point College Ministry meets on Sunday nights at 7 p.m. We would love to have you join us. Thanks for tuning in.